Cool. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's Product School Talk. Uh, we have a very special guest um, with us today. Before I introduce him, I just want to remind you all that we teach product management courses, um, data and coding at our six campuses in the Bay Area, LA, and New York. And we host these webinars every week. Um, today's guest is Jeff Lash. He's uh, manager of the product management uh, service over at Serious Decisions, and he's been there for five years. Uh, hi, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks. It's great to be here. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, can you take a minute to go over your background and how you got into the product management space? Sure. Yeah. So I've been I've been involved in product development, product management, product marketing in some form or other for most of my uh, professional life. Um, before I was in product management, I was actually in user experience. So I came from that side of the house uh, back when, um, and, and I was in user experience roles, and I was doing a lot of the things that I saw other product management type people doing. And I actually had an opportunity for the company I worked for to move from a user experience position to product management. Uh, and I realized it was a great uh, way to leverage a lot of the skills and experience I had in user experience in terms of understanding users and doing research, but then applying a lot of my other interests and skills in terms of you know, marketing and business more broadly. And I think I remember after about two or three months, I said, yeah, I think this is the right fit for me. <laughs> that was uh, over, you know, 10, 15 years ago now. So I've been in, um, I was a product manager, then I managed product managers, I did portfolio management. And for the last five years, I've been at Serious Decisions and we're a company that helps other B2B organizations improve their growth and performance. And so we, I get to work, spend all my day working with product management leaders and their teams helping to uh, get help product managers improve and implement best practices within their organizations. Awesome. Sounds like a great job. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I know you have a presentation for us today, so I'll let you um, get that sharing. And uh, guys, uh, while he's setting that up, uh, just to remind you that you can drop in your questions in the chat box uh, next to the YouTube video, and we'll be taking those following his presentation. So uh, Jeff, the floor is yours. Great. Thanks for that. So today we're going to do a quick overview of product strategy. And uh, you know, product strategy is one of those things that I think a lot of product managers realize they are they should be doing or they need to be doing. But when we talk with product managers and, and product teams, we get very vague definitions sometimes. So if you remember back, this was a while ago, the, the Will Ferrell skit um, where he's playing George W. Bush saying, well, like strategy. And, and that's kind of the response I get sometimes when I talk to product teams in terms of, right, what really is strategy? And, and we find that, you know, it's not not to uh, belabor the point, but really if you don't have a clear definition of what product strategy is, then you can't be good at it. And this is really a fundamental part of your role as a product manager to take ownership of the product strategy and really drive the vision forward. So what we find is that many product managers have really, they don't have a good complete understanding of what are the different elements that make up product strategy. So, you know, what, do you, what are the components that should be part of product strategy? I, I've seen, you know, I ask, I ask a product manager to show me their product strategy. And for some people, I get a paragraph that's more like a value proposition. For some people, I get a roadmap. For some people, I get a 30-page PowerPoint presentation. And other people, I get, you know, 50 pages in a Word document. Um, so there's not a clear definition. We, we also find that if you have a product strategy that's not clear or not complete or even too complicated, it, it ultimately is going to end up churning and wasting resources. And we see that when we work with companies where you've got lots of different product managers and larger portfolios, having a consistent view of product strategy can be really helpful to make sure that we're connecting the dots, make sure that we're uh, making the right decisions about what products we invest in and how we make investment allocations across the organization. 
So in the next nine minutes or so, we'll go through uh, a definition of what we consider to be product strategy and what are the key elements, and then this template for what we call a product strategy on a page. And really think of this as a guide for if you are developing a new product, um, what are the questions you need to answer to really understand and define and be able to communicate product strategy? And if you have an existing product, you can think of this as, an, as a template essentially to audit um, what you do. Um, so as I mentioned, we work with, with B2B companies specifically at Serious Decisions. This is research we've developed by going out and doing a lot of research and looking at what best-in-class organizations do. But I think a lot of these components, I think most of the components actually apply to B2C or regardless of the context you're working. So before we can talk about what the elements of a good product strategy plan are, we need to figure out what is the what is a definition. And, and uh, I don't get these definitions when I talk to product teams, but when I talk with, when I kind of ask product managers to define what the strategy of their product is, I sometimes hear them saying things like, oh, you know, essentially they're kind of following their competition. Well, that's not really a strategy, um, or at least not a good strategy. You know, a product strategy is not a list of the coolest features we want to add, right? It is not the output of your uh, backlog management tool. It's not the output of your product management tool. Those can be great tools and applications, but it's not just a, a laundry list of tactical activities or features. It's not what sales says they need to close the next deal. We work with a lot of companies that are very sales driven, and I think there's some good elements of that. But part of the problem is in a very sales driven organization, you end up with uh, a strategy that's really very, very reactive. So it's just defining what, you know, you end up with these products that are kind of like, uh, Frankenstein's monster, which combine a bunch of things that really don't go together because that's whatever sales needs to close the next deal in their pipeline. So our definition of product strategy is that it really outlines what, uh, how customer needs and the business strategy will be fulfilled through whatever your product offering is. Now, that could be a product, it can be a service, it can be a solution, right? So I'm using product strategy, but ultimately, if, if you're someone who manages services, uh, this could apply there as well. There's two elements of this definition that I think are important to highlight. The first is we start with customer needs, right? And that's really crucial. We, we put a big focus on making sure product managers understand customer needs. And ultimately, the product strategy is should be designed around customer needs. It's not about what technology we want to build or what you know uh, things we want to disrupt. It's about what are the needs that are in the market that we want to uh, address. And the second thing is the business strategy. We can have a great idea for a great product and great needs, but that doesn't fit with our organization strategy. And especially as we work with larger B2B organizations, we often find that product managers are having trouble getting their internal stakeholders aligned around their products. And it's because they're working on things that may not necessarily align with, you know, what sales is focused on or what marketing is focused on. And, you know, I think there's, um, there's a challenge a lot of times in organizations where you have a lot of ideas and the challenge is how do we decide which ideas we want to focus on and focusing on ones based on whichever ones, you know, not only are better opportunities in the market, but better align with the overall business strategy can really help prioritize and focus resources. Our product strategy on a page template includes these five elements and I'll go into these in more detail, but essentially we start with the market, right? We start with this external view of who is the target market and what are their needs and then we bring it back inside and say, how does this relate to our business? So the company strategy and the portfolio. Then we start getting into the product itself. So you'll notice that this is actually the third element to the third section. Even though this is a product strategy on the page template, we're not starting with the product because based on the market or business, that defines what needs to go into the offering and how it will address those needs. Then we look at how we're going to deliver it to the market. What do we need to create? What do we need to bring it to market to be successful? And then lastly, how are we going to measure success? So I'll walk through each of these five sections. And essentially, in each of these sections, there's two questions you need to be able to answer. Now, we have 
frameworks and models and research behind each of these that we use with our clients at Serious Decisions, but especially given the time we've got today, I'll just go very quickly so you get a sense of understanding what are the questions I need to answer and also what are some of the main pitfalls that we see product managers making. So we start, sorry, let's go back. Uh, We start with the market, right? So looking externally, we talk about this idea of audience. Who is the audience we're targeting? What market segments, what sub-segments, what industries? Are we targeting large companies or small companies? And beyond just the market segmentation, what buying centers and what personas? You know, it's not just enough to say we're targeting small businesses or we're targeting Fortune 500 companies, but this is designed for the compliance department, and specifically the compliance managers within Fortune 500 companies in financial services. Like that's a very, very specific audience segment. That provides a lot of clarity to your marketing colleagues, your sales colleagues, the rest of the organization in terms of who we're focused on. Now, you don't have to be that specific, but having a clear definition around the audience and ultimately then really getting deep understanding of what are the audience's needs for those defined personas, for those defined segments, what are the specific needs that they have that we've gathered through research that we're going to try and address. So for each of these sections, I'm just going to highlight some of the pitfalls that that we see uh, product managers making for one of these two. So in this case, we're going to focus specifically on this idea of audience and where we see product managers going wrong. One mistake is where they say, you know, I've heard this over and over again, especially from entrepreneurs or, or smaller companies. They're like, well, you know, this is a this is a content management system that could be used by anyone. It's applicable for any company for any purpose. Well. That's way too broad. And yes, the, the world is your oyster and maybe at some point you will capture that market, but you have to start somewhere. So you have to have some sort of focus in terms of who we're going to target. Now, on the flip side, we don't want to target too specifically. Uh, you know, I, I do run into companies sometimes where they target their, their audience targeting is so specific that they, you know, there's really only 12 companies in the world that apply to their criteria. So it needs to be large enough at least to support whatever commercial goals. And then the third area we run into, and we see this in companies of all sizes, is just a lack of agreement and alignment across sales, marketing, and product in terms of who those uh, the audiences are. So we might say, look, product management's building a product for one audience segment, and marketing is targeting a different body, or, uh, audience segment, and sales is organized by selling to different audience segments. And you'd think that that would be a pretty uh, obvious thing that companies would recognize, but we see over and over again that they don't. Uh, and so again, this is not just to define what product management needs to focus on, but having clear definitions around this can help you then get alignment with your other colleagues, you know, sales and marketing, obviously being two ones, but with product development, with partners, uh, just to make sure that there is agreement about the audiences you're targeting. The second section is then when we start kind of look at, all right, how does this relate internally to what we're doing as a company? So we look at the impact on the business and there's two areas here. With innovation strategy, we look at, you know, what is the company's strategy for, from an innovation perspective? Are we trying to go grow and grow into new markets and new geographies? Are we trying to focus on getting more wallet share from existing customers? Are we going up market or down market? And looking at, you know, how this uh, supports that strategy, because ultimately, you know, if you're in, a, in an organization that you have to submit a request for funding, they're going to look at, well, why should we give you money versus someone else? And, and understanding, uh, particularly when we work with heads of product management, they want to look at making sure they're balancing their investment across the portfolio. So we, if, if our strategies are to expand into APAC and to um, move, it start to sell into the human resources department at our clients, uh, we don't want to invest all of our money in products that sell into the human resources department and spend no money on investing in expanding to APAC. So that's why that's important to understand. And then the portfolio architecture just looks at how does this relate to the other products in our portfolio? Because more and more we're seeing companies that are not looking just to sell a product, but they're looking to sell a solution uh, to, to customer needs and looking to sell 
uh, products that are combined together in some sort of package form or integrated solution. So from an innovation strategy, one of the, the couple of the areas where we see this going wrong is that you know, there's just not clarity around the company strategy. I, I talk with product managers sometimes where they say, look, I'm not really sure what our company strategy is. Uh, so you have to understand that and then align, you know, here's, if, if our strategy is to grow in, in Asia Pacific, here's how this product will help us do that. And then we also see product managers coming up with really cool, interesting, potentially profitable ideas, but that don't align with strategic priorities. And, and that's really a business decision you need to make. And more and more we're seeing companies say, look, there's lots of opportunities out there, but we want to make sure that we're focusing our investment on the ones that align best with our strategic priorities. So yeah, that might be a neat idea. And yeah, maybe there's a big opportunity, but we need to go in this other direction because that will um, put us in a position to, to be successful long-term. The third section is then we turn and look at our, how, what is the product itself going to be? And like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times product managers start here, but you can't start here without understanding the context of what's going on in the market and how this relates to everything else in the business. So here we look at what we call the offering definition. What ultimately, based on the identified needs for our target audiences, what does the offering need to have or do? Now, this is not a detailed product requirements template, uh, product requirements document by any means. But you might say, look, you know, the product needs to do these five things, right? These are the core capabilities the product needs to provide. Or here's the, here's the things that we know from our research. Really, uh, you know, we, if we don't have these, it doesn't even make sense going to market. And then also, how do we differentiate, right? So if there's other alternatives in market, taking an objective view, not a, not a boastful view of, oh, we think this is better because we're cooler and it's going to have a cooler name and cooler technology. But from an objective view of your customers, how will this be better and how will this uh, better meet their needs or address unmet needs that are in the market today? On the differentiation point, differentiation point, you know, I think the most basic thing is we see a lot of product managers that really don't understand their competition. Either they don't know who their competitors are or they know who their competitors are, but they don't really understand deeply enough about what their products do. We see product managers differentiating on things that are of low value to the customers and buyers. So yes, we have all these features and we can do X, Y, and Z, but people don't care as much about X, Y, and Z as they care about A, B, and C. Uh, and, and lastly, you know, you want to try and look for things that are sustainable. So if, if you know, differentiation is not a feature, uh, a feature can be easily copied by your competitors. So what are things, uh, you know, you need to find things that are uh, not easily replicated or, you know, maybe, maybe your unique differentiation is in your go-to-market strategy or your partners or your uh, technical integrations, things that are really more in terms of maybe the, the go-to-market, uh, the marketing abilities of your company or, um, you know, uh, more business relationships that you have. When we look at delivery, there's there's two areas. What are the organizational capabilities we need? And again, taking an objective look, as well as what do we need to deliver this to market? So will this be sold through e-commerce, through channels, direct? Which sales teams are we using? Uh, because that will obviously have an impact on what we need to create in the offering itself. So with the delivery perspective, one of the biggest mistakes we see companies making is that they don't determine the routes to market until later. So they think, oh, we're going to sell this through e-commerce. And then they realize, wait a second, people don't want to buy through e-commerce which is the second bullet point. So, oh shoot, we need to develop, we need to get a direct sales team or we assume we're going to sell it direct, but actually we realize that people buy through distributors and distributors have these additional requirements that we hadn't thought of. So making sure that you're consciously thinking about those offering delivery uh, approaches, the routes to market. And again, if there's different options, you know, doing some research, doing some hypothesis testing early on in the process to make sure that you have the right delivery uh, routes and delivery mechanisms figured out. 
And then lastly, the results. So from a revenue perspective, how will this either generate revenue or if it's not generating revenue as a revenue generating product directly, how will we how this contribute to revenue? And then ultimately, what are the success metrics we're going to use? The biggest mistake on the success metrics part is that, again, we don't we find people don't um, don't define these early enough in the process. So, you know, oh, our, our goal is to launch the product. Well, our goal isn't launch, to launch the product. Our goal is to acquire X number of new customers in this market or achieve a certain revenue target or, you know, achieve a certain amount of market share or uh, achieve, you know, uh, profitability or pay back our investment by a certain date. Um, and these need to be metrics that are agreed upon by executives, by the product management team, by marketing and sales and all these other internal functions. You also need to make sure that you have the, systems in place to track metrics. And the biggest area I see folks falling down is, is on usage. If we say, Hey, we're going to, you know, the, the metric of success is if we have, you know, X amount of usage or X amount of repeat usage, but they don't have a way of actually measuring that. So thinking about the metrics in advance will helpfully then make sure that you can build the, the processes in place to measure those. And then those should be tied into business impact. So ultimately when we look at impact, it's revenue, profitability, you know, things that really hit the top or bottom line of the company. So you're saying people like this, well, satisfaction is good, but if satisfaction uh, will then lead to renewals and renewals will then lead to, lead to revenue, then that's a better metric to look at. And, and usually, quite frankly, it's a combination of different metrics across the spectrum. But ultimately, you want to be able to tie back to, at the end of the day, how is this, impact, how is this impacting the business overall? So this is the product strategy on a page template. Again, there's 10 questions. You should be able to answer all these questions pretty well. If you can't answer these questions, then this is a good uh, reminder or a good focus area of where you should go back and do some research. And again, when we work with clients, we have some models and frameworks that support these in terms of you know, how do you define your audience? How do you define your strategy? But even just asking yourself these questions and making sure that you, know, you get consistent answers on these questions across the organization can be really helpful. So that's uh, that's the summary. Again, my contact information here is here if you're interested. And again, you can follow me or follow Serious Decisions on Twitter. Awesome. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for that presentation and going through all that information. Um, guys, I saw a couple of you saying that you can't see it. Just try refreshing and it should um, work again. So um, now we have some time to take questions. We have about 10 minutes. So just type in your questions next to the YouTube video and I will grab those for you. So um, let's see. We have one coming um, right now from Human. Um, how do you take the strategy to roadmap? Yeah, so the roadmap is really an expression of how you're going to deliver on the strategy. And I think, you know, having a good strategy documented will make your roadmapping much more effective and successful. So let's use an example. If we define, you know, uh, two or three key audiences that we want to focus on, then our roadmap, we might structure our roadmap around uh, those audiences. So rather than here's the technical capabilities we'll build, we say, look, you know, first we're going to focus on audience A in the first quarter, and then second quarter we're going to focus on audience B, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, a lot of those elements should be tied back to the roadmap. So if we say, you know, here's the elements we need to differentiate on, or he's, here's the key capabilities, key uh, aspects of the offering that we need to create, you should then show how those are represented in the roadmap. And we could spend a whole lot of time on roadmaps itself, but you know the elements in the roadmap should tie back to elements of the product strategy. If you're doing your roadmap in terms of features and functionality and not tying it back to 
you know, how does this address customer needs or how does this address how we'll differentiate, then you're really missing an opportunity to connect the dots there. Right. Okay. Um, here, we have another question coming from um, And I'll just uh, give you a second to stop sharing your screen as well so we can see you again. Um, <laughs> cool. So um, we have a few coming in. So this one is from Mandy. Jeff, you mentioned your UX background before officially going into PM. Can you talk a bit about what you did in that UX role before PM that you were able to apply? Yeah, I think um, you know, probably the biggest thing that was most relevant from moving from user experience to product management is really the focus on the you know, the time the user, right, but the customer. So um, I will say I was not, I'm not a great designer. I was not a great designer. <laughs> so that was not my area. But I really, what, what I really was good at is you know, really spending time with customers, doing a lot of firsthand research, observing people using our products, observing people using competitor products, and really getting a deep understanding of our users, how they use the products, what their needs were. And so that kind of fundamental focus on really ultimately at the end of the day where we want to design something that is going to be useful for them and valuable for them and is going to be easy to use that, you know, is you know very, very similar in terms of user experience and product management. There's okay. obviously other things you do in UX that aren't really product management things and vice versa. But I think for me, at least that was probably the, the most relevant and transferable <laughs> skill that I still, you know, leverage this day. Awesome. Um, thanks for sharing that. So we have quite a few. Um, I'm going to search through here for another one. Um, here, this one is from Dan Benson. Um, how do you get more buy-in from cross-functional teams that have different alignment or goals? Well, I think actually going through the elements of product strategy can be really helpful for that. So I'll, I'll just give one example specifically on this audience, the audience element, right? We, we regularly see that different functions have different focuses in terms of audience. So kind of putting the cards on the table and say, look, let's get agreement on it. I mean, we've done workshops with organizations where we'll spend a day, literally a whole day with product marketing and sales leadership all in a room together saying, let's get agreement on who your audiences are. And again, you would think that these organizations would have that, but they don't. Now you bring up another thing, right? So, so let's take an example. If, if I'm, uh, if, if I'm, if I have a sales team that is focused on selling to financial services companies and we look at, our, our audiences and say, actually, well, you know, our focus is on, um, should be on selling to educational institutions. Well, then there's a misalignment there, right? So if, you know, we need to figure that out, we need to sort out, you know, how, how is the sales team organized? How are they compensated? How are they rewarded? I mean, that, that's a whole, obviously, set of challenges. But the first thing to get there is to get that understanding that we have that misalignment. And, and usually once people kind of get aligned, but then they can figure out, all right, where are we working against each other, kind of pulling the ropes in, in different directions. Um, but I'd say for most of the organizations I've worked with, a lot of it is, you know, we can talk about incentives and goals and things, but I think a lot of it is, you know, getting people just aligned around, let's agree on who we're going after. What does success look like? So those success metrics are maybe a good place to start, even in terms of, I always like to think of it in terms of six months after we launched this product, the CEO calls you up and says, was this launch successful? And you say, yes, of course it was. And the next question is going to be, well, how do you know? Right. And so you want to be able to answer that question. You want that answer to be the same regardless of who in the organization you're talking to. So if you don't have agreement on what success looks like, then, you know, it's going to be really hard to, to get that alignment and, and ultimately to figure out if there's different goals along the way. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, here's another one kind of related to that. So how do you manage the overall roadmap and other urgencies that could come across and change your team priorities? How do you adapt? This is, uh, you know, the, the $64,000 question. Um, so, so I think, you know, th this is a challenge because we could spend a whole day on talking about this. But 
again, having a clear strategy that is agreed on and bought in, I think can really help. Uh, and quite frankly, a lot of times I see particularly like sales teams or customer demands coming up saying, oh, you got to add this feature, you've got to do this is because they're not sure what's coming next. So when they see a void, they're going to ask for anything. And it, and it does take some um, leadership in the organization to say, hey, yes, I know I have this customer asking for this big thing and this would be a big deal, but we don't want to divert our roadmap and go in this direction because we have this other goal in mind. So that's where having that product strategy can really help and say, look, you know, if you, um, we said we're going to focus on um, startup companies, but hey, we've got this big Fortune 500 company coming to us. Okay, is, are we changing our strategy? And if so, that's fine. But if not, then if we, you know, how does this diverge and how is this going to impact the roadmap? So if we, if we now need to support things that this client wants, that means that all these other things in the roadmap have to come off or they get pushed later and we add these other things. And, and if we're okay with that, that's a fine, but you know, the answer is, I think of it as a plate, right? There's, there's a, you got a dinner plate, you can only plate, right? So if you start loading up with other stuff, well, some food starts falling off. And that's really where I think product management can take a leadership position and facilitating those conversations. You know, we, we like to talk about some people say, oh, the product manager is the CEO of the product and they make all the decisions. Well, they don't. I mean, it, it, in rare <laughs> cases that really happens, but I like to think of the product manager as kind of the conductor of the orchestra. So you have different sections of the orchestra that each have their own goals. And your job is to get these people literally playing off the same sheet of music, right? So that's your goal is, you know, there might be situations where you do pivot and support a specific customer demand. And there might be situations you don't, but you need to be at the center and facilitate that conversations and having that clear product strategy and having that clear product roadmap can really help enable those conversations. Right. Absolutely. And that's extremely important. Um, and I know we've been we've been talking about strategy for a little bit, so I'm going to take this this final question on it from Olga. Um, this is uh, more about various products. So, like, how do you tie together a strategy for various products across the company with delivery and results metrics? So we have this concept. We, we talk about this concept of solutions, right? And there's different types of solutions. So I think what what sounds like the question is asking about is what we call an integrated solution. And an integrated solution is essentially you know a, a solution where it's made up of different parts, but the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? It's the classic, you know, one plus one equals three example. So in order, so I think all the elements that I talked about in terms of product strategy apply to a solution strategy as well. I think the one difference would be that you have to talk about, you know, how do these different components fit together? So if I've got, let's, let's, yeah, I'll use kind of a, a non-technology example, right? If I'm selling office furniture, Right. I can sell, you know, I might have one business unit that's selling chairs, another that's selling desks and another that's selling, you know, conference equipment. But, hey, maybe we want to sell to a company and say, hey, we can outfit your entire conference room with this television and this video conference and these chairs and this table. And so, you know, having that product, that solution strategy for that broader vision is important, but you also need to have the product strategies for each of those individual components. So this solution management is kind of like product management. It's just kind of there's additional level layer added on. And I think one of the keys is um, having the product strategies and roadmaps well-defined for each of those individual areas and applying the same approach at that solution level. And then looking at, all right, what do we need to do to build that solution? It might be that we've got 90% of it in place already. It might be that, hey, there's a whole bunch of gaps we have in order to deliver on that integrated solution. We're missing a product in our portfolio or, or oh, our, our clients need services. and We don't have a services organization, so we need to build that up. So that's really where you can start looking at where are the gaps. Awesome. 
Great. Um, we have quite a few more um, strategy questions come in, so if you guys want to drop those in the comments, we'll, um, we'll work to get uh, responses to those um, a little bit later. I am going to move on to this question from uh, Ekin. Any recommendations for people who are looking to transition into product management from a different background, a non-technical background, um, for example, marketing or marketing and tech? What, uh, what advice would you have? Yeah, so I've gotten this question a lot. I've got a, a, a blog I've been writing for over 10 years called Good Product Manager, or How to Be a Good Product Manager. So it's goodproductmanager.com. And so I've got some articles and things I've written and linked to there. Um, I think at a, at a most practical level, you know, spend time with product managers. Get to know them if there are product managers in your organization or, you know, join networking groups, go to product camps, participate in webcasts and things, you know, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, et cetera. Just so getting just kind of general professional networking. Generally, the advice I give people is it's probably easier to transition into a product management role within your existing organization. Because look at it from a hiring manager's perspective. If I'm hiring a product manager and I've got 50 resumes in front of me and I've got a bunch of people that have product management experience and a bunch of people that don't, all things being equal, I'm probably going to lead to the people that have product management experience. Not necessarily that's the right thing, but I think that's the way a lot of product management uh, hiring managers operate. In my own personal experience, I had been in a user experience role. I had been working with a product team. I'd been working on that product from a UX perspective. And I developed a relationship with the, the woman who was running that product group. And she gave me the opportunity to, you know, on paper, if you looked at the, I was not, you know, I didn't have the qualifications, right? If I was just a random person coming in off the street, I wouldn't have probably even gotten a second look, but because she knew me, she had worked with me. I had that experience. I was able to get in. So I think, Generally, that's, that's, I think, your best bet. I certainly know people who have been able to, off, you know, kind of off the street, so to say, you know, start in a product management role. But I think in many organizations, I think you talk to a lot of people who've been in product management for a while, that's how they got their first job. You know, they were a sales engineer who seemed to know the product, so we made them a product manager. Or they're a marketer who seems to know a lot about the technology, so we made them a product manager. Uh, and I think a lot of us just kind of fell into it in a way like that. Yeah, it definitely happens a lot like that it, um, from what I've seen from our students as well. And we also do recommend to, to build something and, and get that experience um, doing something on the side. Um, yeah. So we have time for one more question. Uh, this is a quick one. So what was the, really uh, what was the last really influential book uh, that you read? Oh. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I read a lot, but a lot of it's not books. Or and It is books. It's books I read to, read to my kids. I will say probably the most. I'll, I'm going to answer a different question. Not the last book I read, but one of my favorite books, one of the most influential books for me is Blue Ocean Strategy, um, which is a great book on business strategy. Uh, it's actually, I mean, there's a Harvard Business Review article that uh, was published probably over 10 years ago that was kind of basis for it. And they made a book. I, I think that's one of the, I, that, that is one of those books. I've read so many business books and things over the years. That's one that's really stuck with me because I really, and I think actually it ties into this concept here we're talking about, right? So, we talk about differentiation and how do you really create a product that's not just another another product in the category, but how do you really look at what does the market need and what are we maybe investing in that we shouldn't be? And I I, I was able to draw a lot of parallels uh, to products I had worked on or competitive products, and that's one that I think I, I've, has stuck with me all, over all these years. Awesome. Thanks. Um, well, thank you again for your time, and thanks for um, yeah sharing with us today. <laughs> it was great thanks, having you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. A lot, of, a lot of great questions. And again, feel free to get in touch um, if you're interested in learning more about what we do at Serious Decisions. We've got a lot of other research and things and resources on our blog for product strategy. And you can always follow me on Twitter as well. Awesome. 
Um, thank you. And thanks again, uh, everyone, for joining us today. Um, you can find more information about us at productschool.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks.